Hello, I'm Leanne Townsend, a family law lawyer and partner at Brody Thorning LLP. Welcome to Divorcing Well. Welcome to Divorcing Well. I'm really excited about this week's episode because I have a guest who um, you know, is absolutely amazing and I'm so excited to have her here. Um, her name is Finnerty Steves and you may be familiar with her uh, as an actress. She's also a writer, producer, and um, her first feature as a writer producer is uh, as well as she was acted in it is a movie called Before During after, which is a fabulous divorce movie. Um, I've watched it and I highly recommend it to my listeners. I think it's very relatable. And I'm really excited to have Finnerty here to chat about the movie and to chat about uh, some of the projects she's involved in. Um, Finnerty is a classically trained actress. She received her MFA from the graduate program at the American University Theatre in San Francisco. Shortly after her move to New York City, she was offered the role of Denise McCarthy on The Sopranos. Finnerty went on to do over 40 commercials while working in New York City on and off Broadway. Some of those credits include The White Chip Dot, Brighton Beach Memoirs, Almost Maine, and The Drama Desk, nominated production of Lost in Yonkers. Finnerty has performed at the top regional theaters around the country and was awarded the Elliott Norton Award for her performance as Ms. Kelvin in The Shape She Makes Art. Although Finnerty has a love of theater, her truthful and intimate acting style has always lent itself to work in front of the camera. She's best known for her work as inmate Beth Hoffler on the Netflix show Orange is the New Black, and she has numerous other television credits as well. Uh, Finnerty's first feature as writer-producer is Before, During, and After, Before, During, After, and I'm really excited to have her here today. So welcome to the podcast, Finnerty. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, um, why don't you start by just telling listeners a little bit about yourself and what prompted you to write Before, During, After? Uh, well, I, you know, I've I've been an actor. That's what I do. Um, and I've always wanted to write. I've always had such a respect for, for writers and I've always sort of wanted to be somebody who could write something, but I didn't really have a story to tell. Um, and, um, and then my seemingly perfect marriage blew apart. And then I was like, all right, now I, this, this might be something I could eventually write about. Um, uh, it's, um, I don't know if it's because I'm an actor, but when you, there was a small part of me that knew like while this was happening that it's as heartbroken as I was that there was um, a lot of humor. Um, and I remember thinking like, if this weren't me, this would be funny. Um, and so I thought, you know, once I was sort of on the, on the other side of the heartache, not completely, but just sort of healing, I was able to kind of see some more of that humor. And as time went on, I could see it, you know, clearer and clearer. And, uh, and I decided to try to write the story and see if I could, um, you know, without every divorce is different, but I really wanted to see if I could um, present sort of what divorce felt like for me, for somebody who was, who seemed, who was content and happy and her life fell apart. And then how do you, you know, how does somebody move forward um, when, when their life seems to be in pieces? And uh, I, I just wanted to see if I could do it. I, I wanted to act in it, but I also wanted to see if it was something I could create that felt like a divorce, that felt messy in a good way, 
um, but also sort of inspiring ultimately is what I was going for. <laughs> now, is the movie actually, you know, based on your divorce story? It is, you know, it, it, it takes on a life of its own. Like the, the lead characters, Jenny and David are definitely not, you know, me and my ex it's, um, but it was definitely, you know, inspired by that. And um, there are certain moments that are, that are, you know, word for word. Um, but for the most part, once you bring on a team and you sort of say like, oh, is there any way that scene could be in the diner instead? And, you know, it, it just becomes a whole other thing. And then you bring directors and actors and, and designers in and it just becomes something else, you know, which is really beautiful. And I think because of that, there is a sort of healing that, that happens because of that, because it's, um, you know, it ends up becoming like a, a woman that I totally understood, but yet wasn't me either. I don't know how to, if I, if I'm describing that, but it does, it does take on the character of Jenny with somebody else. And I was interested in, in telling her story and not mine. When did you actually get divorced yourself? Um, what year is it? I guess it's been 12 years ago. What was it? 2010. Yeah. Right. 2010. Yeah. So it's been, a, it's been a little bit. <laughs> and, and how did your, I'm just curious, like your ex-husband, when he knew you were writing this, um, you know, this film and whatnot, did, did he have any sort of reaction to it or concerns uh, about, you know, whether it was going to be too close to home and that sort of thing? Um, yeah, I did reach out to him and he was, you know, because we were just so close for so long. I mean, he was my you know, my best friend for half of my life, I think most of him was super excited and proud of me, which was really lovely. Um, of course, he was a little bit concerned that, you know, and I, I made it clear and I'm curious, you know, Leanne, what you think too of the David character. Like I said, it's not him. It's a whole different person and it is based on things that I know to be true, but it's not our story, you know, and that was making that clear to him that that is not um, that that's not what I'm doing. And I also, it was very important for me in our case, I know everybody's story is different, but in this film, I really wanted the David character to be somebody that people could look at and say, Oh God, that's, that's my brother-in-law or that's I, Oh God, or that's me. Like the, the David character isn't necessarily the man um, in this. It's the, it's the one who wasn't happy and didn't know how to ask to say they weren't happy. So yeah. that, and it could be the woman, you know, so it's not necessarily a, um, like a guy thing. So I, I really tried to make it that he was, you know, empathetic, like a sympathetic character. I, I know it's definitely Jenny's story and, and people are rooting for her. Um, and the infidelity comes out really soon. It, you know, in some of the earlier drafts, people were saying like, oh, I really think you should move the cheating because I don't want people to not like him. And we want to fall in love with him first and then have the disappointment. But I was like, I don't think I want that for this film. I really want people to know that they may not make it and they're probably not going to make it, but I'm going to ask them then to sit in a happy scene, you know, a time when they were happy. And um, I know that that was challenging to that character, but ultimately I think people are responding to that. They kind of feel for him too. And that makes me happy. Like I, you know, when we had a, we had our, a drive-in and um, at River Run in North Carolina. And, you know, I had obviously a lot of women really, really loved the film, but men were coming up to me saying, thank you so much. I was really moved by that. And, you know, I'm remarried now, but in my first marriage, I kind of, I really connect with that. And I sort of loved that you didn't necessarily make him like a bad guy. And um, 
and in my case, he, you know, my ex wasn't, of course he did stuff that was hurtful. And, you know, we all do when we're, when we're not, um, you know, when we're in, in the middle of a divorce, but um, I, it was important for me to make that character likable, I guess. Is that yeah. the right word? But I, did you? I, what, I think that's the right word. And I, and I think you did, uh, you know, and you didn't villainize him. Um, and I think, you, you, you know, he was just portrayed as a human with his frailties like we all have. So I think, you know, from what you're saying, your goal was with respect to hit that character. I, I do think you accomplished it really well. Thank you. Yeah, I have like I like I said, I've had girlfriends who've wanted out of a marriage who were th who was the David character, you know. Yeah. Um, and um, I tried to do that. I I tried to to make to make that clear. But now I find the story to be very relatable. Um, you know, even for myself, because I got divorced uh, in my forties, and I find a lot of my clients um you know similarly they're you know in midlife and they experience a real sense of a loss of identity when they're going through divorce they've been a couple identified as a couple for so long um and they and sometimes especially if it's a marriage where somebody feels like they're doing a lot of compromising all the time um they really can lose their sense of self and i'm wondering um you know we have we see in the movie um you know, how it was dealt with, but in, in terms of your own life personally, how did you deal with that issue? With the loss of sense of self? Yeah. Oh gosh, that was so hard. I will say because I, I was we for my, you know, we were, we were, I was we for half my, my entire adult life, you know? Um, so that was really, really hard. Um, I remember going on my first date and I, every, every story, my friend was like, don't talk about your ex. Like, of course not. I'm not going to talk about my ex. <laughs> and I would say, so like, you know, where'd you go to school in San Francisco? Oh, really? You know, where'd you live? I'm like, oh, we lived on a boat. I lived on a boat. A boat? Uh, yeah, I don't really know how to talk now. Like I did, every story was we. So that was really hard to figure out how can I make, you know, how can I make my own stories now moving forward? And are those stories, can they still be mine even though, he was such a huge part of that. And that was, that was huge for me. I, in, you know, in my case, I was so sort of blindsided by it. I was proud of myself in that, like I was able, I was really good to myself during that time and not completely. I mean, please, the, I was, I replayed a lot of things. There was like so many challenges, but I will say that like even going to sleep at night, I, I, I was so, um, so sad that I would almost talk to myself like a little baby, you know, where I'm like, I mean, you're okay. You're going to be okay. Like I was like the person that I was in that frail, frail, frail moments after was so like a newborn baby. And so I would try to treat myself that way. Cause I was just like quietly, like, you're okay. You're okay. Like, you know, cause it was literally like a baby flailing <laughs> around that didn't know which way was up. So um, I don't know if that was sort of like instinct to do that or if everybody does that. It was borderline cuckoo, you know, to be like talking to yourself, talking yourself to sleep. Um, <laughs> well, whatever works, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, yeah, that, that's, did I answer that? I'm not sure. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, now you, you mentioned, and this is also the case in the, in the movie with Jenny, with Jenny's character, um, that you were blindsided um, by the breakdown of your marriage. Um, and 
that must have been really challenging because I, I mean, you know, most people, I think they're in situations where there's a lot of, you know, fighting maybe going on and, and there's, there, there's flags and signs and, um, you know, you really were blindsided. And when you look back now, like, do you, do you think that you overlooked any signs or really, you know, you really were not, didn't see it coming? Um, you know, like Jenny, Yes. Like, like Jenny, I looked back over, over memories. Right. And so you start to like comb through things and um, you know, my, in my situation, we just didn't really fight. We both, my ex and I were both sort of, you know, good people who wanted to make it work. And so we didn't have a lot of communication. So in some ways I'm envious of people who have like those healthy relationships where they learn to sort of argue well Um, because I just did not have that with my ex. So, you know, in hindsight, of course, if you don't talk through stuff, I don't know how, I mean, like when it fell apart, people were like, you know, once he realizes what he's done, he's going to fight for you. And I was like, no, no, I think it's just done, you know, because there was just so much that wasn't said. And, um, you know, I'm a big, I, I, if I can avoid conflict, I will. And he was the same way. So uh, we just didn't have then the skills to get through that. We didn't learn to communicate. You know, we were so young when we met that we just didn't have the skills to communicate well. So once we went zero to 10, like, you know, rarely arguing at all ever. And then like, you know, the the end, you know, where it was like, I, it's over. And um, it was, we did not have the skills really to, to cope. And, uh, no, and I think that's probably the case with a lot of couples. Um, and which kind of leads to my next question is, you know, we saw in the movie that, um, you know, Jenny and David were not, their marriage was not able to survive, um, you know, an infidelity and, you know, it, affairs, infidelity, that is a common cause of uh, a lot of divorces and, and you know, breakups. Uh, what, what are your thoughts from your experience? Um, do you think a marriage can survive an infidelity? I think they can. I mean, I know they have. I have friends who have been able to get through it. Um, I don't know that I could you know, it's easy to say like, I would never be with somebody who would ever, and then you, then you have your life and you have to make decisions, you know? So I have always said that that was some, that was a deal breaker for me. Um, but, but then, you know, people say a lot of things until it's actually in front of them. So I respect people who are able to do it. I, I don't know that I could do it. I was, um, in some ways as painful as our ending was for me, the fact that it was over and I wasn't, I, you know, I know I have other friends who have been, you know, where someone makes a mistake or they, you know, regret it and they're like, please forgive me. And I, I think, oh God, I don't, in some ways I wanted him to beg for me and say like, so sorry, I did that. And I want to make it work. Um, but part of me had to admit that I was actually relieved that he wasn't doing that because I was like, I don't know what, what I would do. And so I didn't have to make that decision. It was sort of made for me. And and that was painful, but also better in some ways for me, for me. So that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was the, the biggest message that you wanted the, the movie to, to make or to convey to, to people who see it? I think I wanted to, um, and it's not necessarily about divorce, right? It could be any sort of breakup or any kind of situation where you think your life is one thing and you sort of, you know, you're moving forward as this person and sort of things that you know to be forever and true, 
when that falls apart, how do you move forward? Like, what does it mean to, to, to move on? And I was trying to sort of, you know, share a little bit of what, what, what I was able to kind of do. It was really important for me for the film not to have like a happy ending because, and it's, it's definitely not a sad ending. It's a, it's an inspiring ending, I, I hope, but I want it to be that I didn't want to make light of divorce and be like, see, it's all worth it. Cause she got the, she got the great guy or she got the baby or the job. And that was not what I wanted. I did not want the ending to be about that. And I wanted it to be like, wow, divorce is really awful, but they're going to be okay. Like they're going to be okay. And so um, I'm surprised. I just assumed that my, the audience would sort of be, you know, my age sort of, you know, uh, you know, women 40 to 65, you know, kind of window but I'm surprised at how many young, a lot of young people really love it. And they're like, thank you so much for this. You know, my, my parents went through a divorce and it just kind of reminded me of, you know, what my mom was going through. And um, so I just, I like that it's hopeful. Um, and that's what I'm hoping that it, that it will do that. There, and there is a lot of humor in there without it making light of anything. I think I tried to find that balance of heartache and also humor we were able to shoot some of the scenes that were really, really funny, but the tone was not quite right. So we just had to try to find that truthful, that truthful balance between, you know, um, humor and, and heartache, you know? <laughs> yeah, no. And I think you did it well. Cause it's, it's true. Like obviously divorce and, you know, breakups and infidelity, those are very heavy, serious topics. But um, you know, I think the, the humor that you had within the film, it, it, it was, done appropriately if that if that's the right word to, to describe it and you know one of the humorous sort of big parts of the film was the um the multitude of you know therapists visited and and how they um behaved and and, and whatnot and um I'm wondering what your own thoughts are on therapists um you know given in the movie kind of the way they were portrayed do you you know, do you have any sort of thoughts on them when some, if someone's going through a divorce, um, you know, what they should look for in that regard? Oh gosh. I would hate to, if, if someone is looking for true advice, please do not get it from me, but you know, just a, a actor writer and, you know, um, but um, I don't, I think, I personally think therapists can be super helpful. We were not lucky enough to find that one, I was so desperate to have somebody rescue us, but in all honesty, and you know, in my situation, like it was, it was, it was already done. Like I think, you know, my ex was going through the motions, yeah. um, so that made that painful on top of me just having yes, not finding like an ideal match. Um, but I think if people truly are trying to make it work, I, I think it can be amazing. I did not luck out with that, um, but they. It, it was important for me to make that. So that it would be something funny, you know, this, this revolving her desperate to try to try to find somebody. But I also wanted her to be able to ultimately find somebody. And, and it says a couple of things. It says one that she kept fighting for herself and wanted that for herself and was able to find that um, sort of like subtly fighting for herself. Now, did you find that making the film was therapeutic for you or was it triggering? Because I, I or, or both, perhaps. Uh... Because I can only imagine like bringing up a lot of, you know, if you if you went through your divorce, um, you know, 10 or 12 years ago um, for it to, when you were writing it and then also acting in it, whether it was bringing up a lot of the stuff that maybe you'd already, you know, worked on healing from. Yeah, you know, I think um, for me in the writing of it felt a little bit like um, 
my side of it, right? Because even through the whole film, you know, we learn that it's a it's a it's a memory piece, and it's really all her. There's not one scene, you know. There isn't a scene with David and his buddy saying like, "Oh, I'm so unhappy, and I don't know how to," you know. We don't we don't get that. So um, it is only from her point of view, and so that was how that's how I was able to ultimately like sort of get the first draft out of just like I'll just get the crappy version out first of like sort of what I you know what I think this is. Um, and that was, of course, before, before it's massaged and, you know, becomes something else. But that was, in some ways, felt great just to sort of, I have a bad memory myself. So it felt great to kind of just say like, oh, I have it out of me. It felt like, you know, it was out of me. And I didn't yeah. sort of hang on to um, any of these things again. And, um, you know, like Jenny, we learn, you know, in the film that she's basically replaying these memories. And that was just something that was really difficult for me, you know, going through the divorce of like playing through things that's maybe used to be a beautiful memory and is now a sad memory or like it, it like what it was, does the circumstance that like where you are now, how, like how that affects the memory, you know? And like, if like, can that memory still be a beautiful memory if it was tainted later by some, something else or um, so I love this idea of it just being a quick, there wasn't an obligation to tell the truth. It was like her truth in that moment of the way she remembers it in that moment. And, um, and that, that was fascinating to me. And I, I apologize. I kind of forgot the initial question I got off on. That. <laughs> um, um, the, the initial question was um, whether writing the film and then also acting in it was therapeutic or triggering for you. Oh, right. Yeah. So it, I, but I think making it was, it almost immediately, the minute the team came on board, um, it, it didn't really feel like I was, it didn't feel therapeutic or, or, or dramatic, like in the actual making of it. I will say in shooting the one scene where she discovers that he is having an affair, um, that shooting that scene um, you know, and it's not really great acting to, to, you know, you do use your experience to, you know, but it's not totally healthy to like be using it as therapy, you know, um, <laughs> but doing that scene, I definitely, when I left that day, I was like, I felt like a hundred pounds lighter. And I thought, oh my God, um, it's, it's, I don't have to, it's gone. It felt like it was gone. It felt very therapeutic. Like in, in able, like the minute we, they yelled cut, you know, the crew was like, Oh my God. You know, like, cause we were just, I was able to do it. And I was like, okay, I got to share like what that felt like to me. And I, and that, that moment felt very therapeutic. Other than that, it didn't, it's just been sort of this incredible journey that, um, that I feel really lucky to tell. And I think because it's a personal story, people can relate to it more, but I also don't, um, I don't, I don't feel like it was necessarily like either one of those in a, in a dramatic way. Right. Now, one of the things that I liked um, in the film was it highlighted the importance of having a good support network. Um, did When you went through your own divorce, did you have a, a good support network? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, my girlfriends were incredible. Um, they were just incredible. And I, they rallied like you wouldn't believe. They're just, um, I had this, I have uh, one dear friend that like showed up with this book we were like acquaintances, like people just really stepped up in a way that they were, you know, and at one friend, you know, said to her like, Hey, you know, I don't know if you know, but this is what's happened going on with Finn. And she's like, I'm there. And she showed up with um, this hilarious book. It wasn't meant to be funny, but 
Um, <laughs> she goes, she goes here, here's a book for you. And everyone was giving me books, which was amazing. And it was called like, I forgot the name of it, but it was basically like the, the log line was who lives, who dies and why. And it was basically, it was like, it was like a survival book, you know? And it was this, yeah. um, and people just gave me all kinds of, my girlfriends were amazing. I went to 101, con- I love live music. So we just went to a lot of concerts and, um, they just really, really rallied behind me. It was, um, it was a really great, really great time. A really good time. And some of the friends initially who were wanting to rush in, like, um, I, uh, I, I asked for space. It really wasn't until uh, my marriage was officially over that I really let everybody in because I felt like I wanted my friends to fill this massive hole that I felt, but I also was trying to create room for my ex to step up. And so it was a fine balance between, they were like, you know, wanting to, and I wanted to people and things to fill that hole. But I was like, I need, I know if I let the amazing friends rush in and family and love and whatever rush in that there may not be room for him. And so, um, and that was just my case, you know, but, but so I had to almost wait until it was that it was clear he wasn't going to sort of fight for me that I could then. And I, and because I was so sort of worried about him in my case, you know, I would ask friends to like, Hey, can I needed to relieve myself of of worrying about him also? Yeah. Uh, So I had certain mutual friends that I'm like, can I officially ask you to be the one that checks in? Cause I'm worried about him, but I can't be, I have to take care of myself. Um, And I remember it's so funny because I'm, everyone was sort of surprised that I was doing so well. And then I heard this around the same time, um, Lewis Wainwright, is that Rufus Wainwright um, was in a, I, I read this thing that he, you know, he was in a really incredible relationship with his mom, I guess, a very like intense friendship relationship with his mom. And when she passed away, everyone was so worried about him. They're like, oh my God, he's going to not do well. And he actually did the opposite in a way. He just really flourished. And um, and people said like, how are you, how are you doing this? You were doing so well. And he's like, I can only describe it that I'm, I'm swimming as fast as I can so that I don't drown. And I remember going like, Oh God, that's me. Like, like I just kept like moving forward. I was determined to sort of move forward and swim, 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 swim. So every once in a while I do let myself sort of like sit in it and sit in the sadness a little bit and just kind of give myself some time to just like, you know, feel what I need to feel and then move forward. That happens like not very much anymore, but initially I would kind of almost give myself permission to just like sit in it for a bit so that I could keep moving forward. You know? Yeah, no, that makes sense. And uh, I mean, cause we have to sit with it in order to really ultimately heal from it. But I, I get the sense of the swimming forward too, cause that's how I myself tend to cope with a lot of things as well. You just want to keep, keep moving and don't dwell on, you know, something that's negative. Um, but you do have to sit with it sometimes. Yeah. Um, do you think there's still a stigma surrounding divorce? Um, I do, but not as, I don't think it as much. Um, I know within certain cultures and stuff, it's different. And, you know, for my family, there's not a lot of divorce in my family. So I remember that first Christmas was rough. Um, (laughs) I mean, my family, my immediate family was amazing, but I think for me, it was just more like, I just wasn't prepared to be dealing with extended family going, hi, how are you? I'm like, oh God. Um, like it wasn't out of judgment or anything. It was just more out of like people wanting to help and, um, um, you know, 
that was one of the great things. I don't think maybe, maybe I actually I don't want to say too much because I don't want to give anything away in the movie. But at the very, very end, like the credits, you know, that's one thing that was great for me to go outside my comfort zone and be in a place that people didn't know me because it there was no like, you know, how, how are you doing? You know, there was none of that. It was like, hey, who are you? You know, and I got to say what I needed to say. And I remember saying for the first time, like, oh, my ex. I was like, oh, I guess that's how you say that. All right. I guess that's my ex. And then, you know, and slowly, little by little, you know, felt like I was becoming myself again, you know, in a, in a, yeah. in a bigger, in a bigger, better way. Um, I think for me, I felt I didn't want to, I've, I've always felt like I wanted to be an honest, truthful person. And I felt like in some ways, I was lying because I was trying to move forward and I knew my heart was literally in pieces. And then somebody told me, they said, you know, Finn, you, you're not lying by acting like your heart isn't broken. They said, you know, if you could think of it as yes, your heart. And I ended up ha having the director say this in the film, which is like, if you could think of your heart, yes, it's broken, but because of all the pieces, it's actually bigger now in pieces. Um, and I thought, oh my God, yes, like that I can live with. I can walk around with a big old broken heart, but it's bigger. Thank you. Like I, it's actually better now because it's bigger and I can care <laughs> more and cry more and see beauty and things. And so I kind of love that feeling of just having this kind of heart that had more surface area, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I was able to kind of move, move with that without feeling like I was lying or acting like I was something I wasn't. I was like, that feels truthful to me, you know? Yeah, no, that's a good way of looking at it. Um, now, one of the things that is well depicted in the movie that I know I experience and I've seen it, you know, again, with clients of mine is divorce can be a blow to our self-esteem. Um, and I, you know, I, I think, it, you know, as I say in the movie with your character, um, you know, especially in being, I guess, in the acting profession, too, where you can see how. Um, you know, with the, the auditions and things like that, it can be, you know, I think if your self-esteem isn't really high, I'm sure it can be very challenging to, to go through those sorts of things that are, you know, would be tough on anyone's ego. But I'm wondering if you have um, any advice for people who are, you know, who, who are feeling that their self-esteem has taken a blow, maybe there was infidelity or just, you know, just generally divorce. Is are there things we can do to to not let that impact us as much? Oh gosh. Or what? And maybe more specific to you, like what what did you do to in order to, you know, help yourself to seem, you know, heal and survive and bounce back? Yeah, I, you know, in, if I'm totally honest, I was not getting it necessarily in the healthiest way initially, because I never, I hadn't flirted in like 20 years or whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that's hard. Was, right. When you haven't dated in a long time to go to be in that mind space. Yes. It was, it was bizarre because you just, it's weird how I, I remember walking down the street on the Upper East Side. I remember being on first Avenue and thinking like, Oh, I guess I can flirt now. Like it was just this <laughs> weird. Um, and so I was sort of getting a little bit of a rush from that for the first time. Cause I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> like he's top. Like, I, and that was, you know, it's not necessarily healthy or whatever. I don't know, but like, it was, uh, it was not, um, but I, I kind of was needing that and feeling rejected, you know? Um, but I would say for me, I had to, I was, I, what I was struggling with too, was just a lot of the negative, um, 
replay of stuff or like trying to like, they had just, my head was so full of chatter and it had never been that way before. Um, and I remember, um, you know, being intimidated by other women for the first time where I was like, what the heck is happening? This is not a competition. It was just this weird time that even as an actor, I was not really worried about that kind of thing. And then I just suddenly felt this, you know, so, um, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> um, but I did, I was reading, um, do you know the book, uh, a new earth? It's a little, you know, no. It's a beautiful book. It's a little hooey hooey. I, I I love it, but it, I someone someone gave it to me. It's by uh, it's Eckhart Tolle. Yeah, I'm saying that right. Um, and there was something about that book at the time that really really helped me, because um, it wasn't it was, you know, it, it was talking about ego, you know, and I always thought of ego as being like more about conceited or whatever. But there was this idea of who we are outside of us of like, and and one of the things he was talking about is if we could think of our thought, like I was feeling almost not crazy, but like, I would just, my head was so full of constant chatter. And he's like, and he basically in this book, he's sort of saying like, that's not you, you are not that chatter. You are not the rejection. You're not the stuff. But if you can almost think of it as like a waterfall and just step behind the waterfall for a second, like what if you just kind of the water, you don't have to act like the waterfall is not there, but just sort of like, what if you just step back, and he said a bunch of million, like beautiful things. Of course, I'm butchering, you know, what he's actually saying. But he's like, if you can step behind the waterfall for a second, look at it, just kind of go, huh, that's interesting that that's coming up right now. And he's like, the minute you kind of can set, you can see like, I am not that, um, you will sort of hook back into your true self and not like the ego stuff of like, oh, this is embarrassing. And, you know, um, he is this, she is that I'm not enough for this or that. So that there was something about that image. He'd said a bunch of beautiful things in that book, but um, there was something about that, that really helped me sort of separate from any kind of negative um, bombardment in my head that was happening during that time. And um, there was something about reading that book that would kind of like immediately stop the stuff that was going on and make me a little more present in my body. So that that would be the the main thing that I would that I would say, and I couldn't listen to. I love music, and there were so many songs. Um, you know, my ex was a sailor, and it turns out there's a lot of there's a lot of songs about sailors and boats. And <laughs> I'm like, Are you kidding? <laughs> I remember sitting at a Dunkin' Donuts, and I was trying to wait for something. It was like I felt like I was in a like a I was being punked or something. It was like sailing, you know. I'm like, oh my God, I'm gonna let that one go. And then the next one had something. It was like, oh my god. Um, but I would listen to I would listen on my headphones to sometimes like, you know. Um, meditation stuff, but like Tibetan bowls and stuff like that, just to try to ease that, you know, and to try to get back into, into my own body. But it, it, it was, it was slow and slow. And so I remember thinking like the gap between the sort of emotional breakdowns, like initially it felt constant. Like I could not get a break from the rejection, you know, from the heartache, it felt yeah. constant. And then there would be like, my gosh, I totally forgot I was divorced for like, you know, I was going through this for almost five minutes and then, it <laughs> 10 minutes, and then it became a half a day and then it became suddenly that, you know, so that gap just, and when, it, when the thing would hit, I would be like, okay, that's interesting. I try to think of it as a waterfall step behind it. That's interesting that that's happening now. It's probably because this happened or that happened or this reminds just, and it would allow me to be more present. 
And then those gaps just got that little sliver of light would just get bigger, 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 bigger. And then now it's, you know, it's rare that I sort of think about it. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and that leads great, really well into my next question, which is, uh, you know, the film showed that it's possible to bounce back after divorce. You're clearly evidence that that's possible, to, you know, to bounce back after divorce. And so for the listeners out there who are, you know, feeling really down and, and stressed and, you know, I don't want to hopefully not hopeful, hopeless, but sometimes you can feel that way when you're going through something like this. Um, what do you think are the key components that can help somebody bounce back when they're going through, you know, something challenging like divorce or a breakup or, you know, some other type of challenge like that? Oh gosh. Um, I think if there is a way find something new, like something new that you've wanted to do that you can kind of um, be excited about. I think that for me, you know, I, that that was important for me. And I, and I had some really great distractions, but I just tried to say yes to more things that I, I felt like my whole life, I'd sort of said like, oh, that's not really me. And I'm this and I'm that. And then I remember just sort of saying like, what if, I were the kind of person who said yes to this. What if I were the kind of person who, you know, and I remember, you know, experimenting with that and some of it took and some of it didn't. I was like, God, I want to be the kind of person that reads the New York times cover to cover. And, you know, and so, and then, you know, I had them and they came and they just sat there and I was like, okay, I'm not that person. I tried, <laughs> you know, but I would just kind of experiment with like who I thought I was, you know, and like, can I, it's just easy sometimes when we are, you know, in our, in middle age years too, to sort of say like, oh, that's not me. So if, you know, as long as it's not dangerous, like what if you could say yes to something and what if, you know, what if you were the kind of person that said, you know, and it, for me, like traveling and stuff, I'd never been anywhere by myself. And I remember being presented with, you know, during, I had this window of time that I could do something. And I was like, what, what if I were the kind of person who, who wrote an email saying I was interested in this, you know, um, and, and see where that takes you. And, and it doesn't have to feel right yet, but I think if you can like, let yourself, like, what if I were that person? And it doesn't have to match right away. And it doesn't, it, like I said, the times thing didn't work for me. And, <laughs> but some of the other stuff really was super exciting and, and kind of allowed me to, redefine myself separate from who I was with my ex. And, um, and in the movie, I try to do that too, where it's when we're younger too, we make these sort of decisions about ourselves and then we kind of can, it's so easy to cement them. You know, like I, I've always thought of myself as a scared person and people in my life are like, what you don't, you don't, I'm like, but you know, I'm, I'm like, you don't think of me as scared. Like I've always thought of myself as a scared person. And it's weird how we just make those decisions about ourselves. And then we make decisions based on that. So, um, I would just say that, like, if there is anything that you sort of have this, that you think is a truth, you know, what if, what if that was changed up a little bit and, and how can you, you know, maybe do something like to prove that wrong in a way and see if that, if that feels good or is exciting and, and makes you grow in some way, that would maybe be something I would say. Yeah. Oh, I think that's I, great advice. Yeah. That it, for those listening, you know, I, I just, um, you know, I, it, if, if you are in that, in that place, you know, I'm so it, you have to go through it and it's, it's so hard for family and friends because you want to sort of speed things up and I'm, you know, but I am, I promise you'll be okay. Like I, I, I promise you will be. And you just, um, especially if you can, and there's some days that you just, you can't move forward, but you can just like 
stay in play. You can just hold, hold, hold the ground, like hold your ground a little bit and just not go backwards in any kind of place that would be self-destructive. If you can, you know, do that sometimes just being like, well, I didn't move forward today, but I also didn't do that thing that I knew would be harmful and not great for me. Um, so, um, yeah, yeah. like baby steps, you know, baby steps. Now, where can listeners uh, view this film? Uh, so it's available now. Um, it, well, by the time that the podcast comes out, uh, February 9th, it's available everywhere you uh, can, everywhere you rent and buy movies, it will be there. Um, we also have, you know, all the information of exactly where that is on our, on the film website, which is um, before, during, after the film.com. Everything is there. Um, and yeah, I would love it if I, I, I'd love to hear from you. If, if there's something, uh, if you like the film, I would love love to hear from you. So please feel free to um, to reach out to us. I would, I would love to hear you hear your, hear your thoughts. And I'll attach links to it as well um, when I post the podcast. Um, can you also tell us uh, us about some of your upcoming projects? Sure. This has been my baby for a while, so I have been um, I have a few ideas. I'm, I'm working on a, another feature film. Um, and a pilot idea that is the, the, the thing that I really want to finish in the next, um, in the next few months here. It's the, a, a pilot idea that I have. It. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I love acting. I miss acting desperately with the pandemic. It's been, you know, really hard not to do that, but I'm also really enjoying the writing and it feels like, um, now that I have done it once, I'm like, okay, now <laughs> I don't know, you know, I mean, producing, doing, you know, doing the producing also, it's been, it's been a lot. So, um, but I am, uh, I've had some great partners and, and, you know, they're all sort of like, what's next? What, what do we get to do next? And um, mm-hmm. so I'm excited about that. Well, that's great. Now you mentioned um, with respect to the movie, how listeners can find you. Is that the, if they would like to learn more about you and your work, is that, the best place for them to go or is there somewhere else that that they can go if they want to learn more about some of the other work that you're involved in and that you've done oh great yeah you can um on instagram i'm um at finnerty's photos it's f-i-n-n-e-r-t-y-s photos p-h-o-t-o-s and then um twitter i'm finnerty steves on twitter i'm not as active on twitter but um but i that's those are two great places to to reach out to me <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Finnerty. I really appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast and doing this interview and sharing um, your your story and uh, talking about the movie with all of my listeners. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Leanne. And thank you to my listeners. Please like, subscribe. Please refer your friends and family to the podcast. Leave me a review and come back each week and join me on Divorcing Well. Hi, my name is Janet Finaki, and I'm the host of the Resilient People podcast. I interview regular people from around the world who've experienced something major in their lives, bounced back, and found a purpose in helping others be resilient too. They're folks like you and me, and their stories are totally relatable, extraordinary, and inspiring. I had no idea what I could do until I did it. But it's the motivation of doing for other people that you know need support, need help that you're able to really push and dig and find what you can do. Have an open discussion and not write us off and allow us to actually talk about our disability. Like, don't assume my limits mm-hmm. for me. 
you know, we went for a drive, told her what her mom was going through and what the likely outcome is going to happen. And we both just bawled. And then finally, Kate just said that we need to have hope. And to be resilient, you have to, you have to have hope. Join me as we get to know some incredibly resilient people. The Resilient People Podcast is everywhere you get your podcasts. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thank you for joining me on Divorcing Well. If you have any separation or divorce questions, you can get in touch with me via my website at www.leannetownsend.ca.